This is the City Sites Podcast with Larry Kutzler. Well, what astonishes me when I read the newspaper or watch the news is how many problems are the direct result of what people believe about God. I mean, there are days when I open the New York Times where fully half of the stories are in a way that's unacknowledged by the, 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 the paper, relate to people's religious convictions. I certainly honestly believe religion is uh, detrimental to the progress of humanity. You know, it's just selling an invisible product. It's too easy. These questions about what happens when you die, and they're so, they so freak people out that they will just make up any story and, and cling to it. You know, things that they know can't be true. People who are otherwise so rational about everything else, and then they believe that uh, on Sunday they're drinking the blood of a 2,000-year-old God. I, I, I can't, that's a, a dissonance in my head. Plain fact is, religion must die for mankind to live. The hour is getting very late. Faith means making a virtue out of not thinking. It's nothing to brag about. And those who preach faith and enable and elevate it are our intellectual slaveholders, keeping mankind in a bondage to fantasy and nonsense that has spawned and justified so much lunacy and destruction. Religion is dangerous because it allows human beings who don't have all the answers to think that they do. Most people would think it's wonderful when someone says, I'm willing, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Except that since there are no gods actually talking to us, that void is filled in by people with their own corruptions. And anyone who tells you they know, they just know what happens when you die, I promise you, you don't. How can I be so sure? Because I don't know, and you do not possess mental powers that I do not. The only appropriate attitude for man to have about the big questions is not the arrogant certitude that is the hallmark of religion, but doubt. Doubt is humble. Uh, religion, to me, is a giant elephant in the room of comic gold because, <laughs> you know, we're talking about a garden with a talking snake. If you can't find humor there, people are just used to it. Yeah. That's why they don't laugh at it. You wish that Christians were more, if they were really going to be Christians, were, would be more Christ-like. Don't we all? I think everybody, I mean, that's something I don't think is even controversial, yeah. that the message of Jesus, which is very good. We are bringing a bold statement about Christ. He's our only hope to face the darkness in our day. Thanks for joining us for the City Sites Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a theme that I've invited Chris Hebe, formerly the executive director of Good News for Israel, to join me in this conversation. Now, it's not going to be an easy conversation because we're going to talk about cancel culture, but we're first going to talk about is Christianity dangerous? And I would say that the comments made by, actually it was Bill Maher in the beginning of the program, indicating that Christianity is dangerous because it addresses issues that most people are afraid to address. And then another aspect of that is that every day, 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. They're, they're not killed for their faith that they weren't dangerous to the culture in which they lived. Every day, 12 churches or Christian buildings 
buildings are attacked. Every day, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned, and another five are abducted. Now, why are people being killed, buildings being burned, if Christianity isn't a threat. So this is a report coming out of the 2021 World Watch List, the latest annual accounting from Open Doors of the top 50 countries where Christians are the most persecuted for following Jesus. Now imagine 50 countries you're persecuted if you believe and preach the name of Jesus. This year, the top 10 worst prosecutors after North Korea is Afghanistan, followed by Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, Nicaragua, and India. Now, Chris, you know, Christianity is dangerous. It tells us the truth about who we are as people. But is that a reason for people to be killed? You know, I would definitely include China in that list that you were rattling off there. I would say this, in the third world, and all the countries you mentioned to me are the third world, Christianity is ultra-dangerous. It undermines the government, societal values. I mean, looking at India, there was a rape culture for centuries. It was okay. In the Muslim world, it was okay to kill your Muslim wife if she didn't please you. I mean, Christianity pushes the boundaries of all those things. It gives everybody, you're created in the image of God, so everyone deserves respect. I would say also that the thing about those countries you mentioned, they don't have the First Amendment, freedom of speech. No, they don't. Yeah. Having said that, I think, Larry, we have crossed over now in our country. We don't have freedom of speech any longer either. Yeah, correct. And so the church, the Holy Spirit, is very dangerous in those countries because the Holy Spirit is moving and, and people are getting saved hand over fist. I think in America, we're so PC, we're so politically correct, we are so afraid of the government, afraid of freedom of speech. I mean, look at Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, and Jordan Peterson were kicked out of a secular event because they were considered too dangerous with their ideas about theism, about, uh, you know, respect, etc. And uh, they were removed because they were considered narrow-minded and dangerous. Well, as you're saying, the reason Christians are being killed is because they are a threat to the society in which they live. So usually, Chris, dangerous is not a term that we use to define Christianity in America. We want to talk about safety and peace and tranquility, but it's never preached as being dangerous, is it? You know, when I think of the last time Christianity was dangerous and changed the culture was the Martin Luther King movement. Martin Luther King said, we are going to do what Jesus would do. We are going to protest peacefully. Now, I don't remember Jesus ever doing a peaceful protest per se. He went into the temple. He he went after the religious leaders. But I understand what he was saying. Gandhi said he was going to use the, the peaceful attitude of Christ to change India. And he did change India. And Martin Luther King's movement, it totally changed America. It did. Now, if you watch the news now, you're told with the BLM movement, it didn't go far enough. And that's a whole other can of worms. Having said that, Larry, Christianity is not dangerous in America any longer. I can't think of anybody that causes a problem. I mean, Franklin Graham might periodically say something, you know, biblical that 
would offend people, but I can't think of anybody with any kind of gravitas that actually is upsetting the mainstream woke culture. Well, and there are probably reasons for that. I, I don't have the mental horsepower to understand all of it. A lot of it has to do with followers and money, and you certainly don't want to alienate people who contribute to your ministry, so you have to be a little bit careful according to our philosophy. However, when you think about the words of Jesus and how he influenced his culture, he was not PC. I mean, you look at Matthew 23, he really unraveled the Pharisees and Sadducees for their hypocrisy in religious things. Well, if we were really honest, everyone says, well, I love Jesus. He's so peaceful. But he wasn't all that peaceful when it comes to the things that people were doing in God's name that weren't right. I think Jesus was a, a an anarchist. He was a rebel. He's not at all like he's portrayed today. As an example, he said some radical stuff like, if you don't love me more than your father, mother, and everything else combined, you can't be a disciple of mine. You're either going to follow me or you're going to be stuck in, in your dead works, your dead life, etc. Remember, he said to these people that were going to a funeral, he said, let the dead bury the dead. And I'm like, wow, Lord, that's pretty harsh to say to somebody who wants to go bury their parent. So Jesus is portrayed, I'm sorry, wrongly. He's not at all the radical rebel like he, he really was. But Larry, today, I, right, our culture is so caught up in, you know what, you got to be nice. You got to, you don't ruffle any feathers, don't do anything like that. Well, I don't believe any of the disciples or the Lord did that. You can't overturn the superpower system of its time, which is the Roman Empire, with mamby-pamby platitudes. We have to remember there was one message. It was very narrow. Jesus Christ, the carpenter from Nazareth, was the Son of God, and he was raised from the dead on the third day. I don't know, Larry. It, you know, that's considered narrow-minded. I think America's heard it for a couple hundred years. Hey, our founding fathers believed it. I think I told you that they, uh, they wanted to destroy Mount Rushmore because two out of the four had slaves. That's Washington and Jefferson. And America is now becoming undone. We have leaders. Larry, I'm, a, I'm a shocked that we have not elected to high office a outspoken homosexual. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. It's coming. A sodomite is It's coming where we're going to have somebody that is an abomination to God. Well, we do have, perhaps not in the presidency or vice presidency at this point, but there are a lot of those types of people in the government in Washington. We see the policies coming out that would support the kind of lifestyle that you're talking about. And that's the cancel culture. They're that's like, right. look at, remember uh, Jordan Peterson said, look at, hey, I am not going to start calling my 600 students by their preferred pronoun. We have un undone the foundation of Genesis, there's either a man or a woman. I know that there's this unbelievably tiny gray area. I believe it's like a tenth of one percent. People that are really confused, they need some serious counseling, they might need some medication. Bill Maher is making a case, look at if Christians get their way, we are going to have a civil war, a culture war. Well, we already have it, mm -hmm. right? And you know what? The Christians haven't even pushed back yet. Not yet. I don't know if they ever will. 
They might. Let me un- have you unpack two particular scriptures, okay? Yep. One from the Apostle Paul and the other from Jesus. Here's Paul. 2 Timothy 3.12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not maybe, will be. Okay? That's the first scripture. The second one is in Luke 9, 23 and 24. And he, that is Jesus, was saying to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. That's a dangerous statement, especially in light of today's world where you are everything. You deserve everything. You deserve a better life. You deserve a better salary. You deserve a better opportunity. So he goes on to say in that verse, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. Now, Chris, those are, they're not easy verses. Those are radical. They are radical. And and they're dangerous, really, if you really unpack it. So unpack it for us. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, you could make a case, and Martin Luther King's life was very complicated, and we don't have time to get into it. Having said that, his type of radical confrontational Christianity made so many people uncomfortable. He was murdered over his stance of trying to legitimize the black community into American society. Okay, we can go back thousands of years, 1,500 years. People were martyred. If you look at Jan Hus from Czechoslovakia, uh, you look at uh, Wycliffe, you look at Tyndale, a bunch of these people were martyred for translating the Bible into their own language. Says, now that was crazy. The government sanctioned murder because it was that much of a threat either to the government or to the Roman Catholic Church at the time. Chris, you have an illustration from your own personal life when somebody said to you, you're too dangerous for this school. I want you to tell that story because I can't believe that someone that is about as straight and narrow as you would be told <laughs> you're too dangerous. Dangerous for what? Well, well, I have to admit, you know, I, I am a, a relatively controversial figure on some level, and I'm capable of getting people irritated pretty quickly. But having said that, I actually um, signed up to audit uh, some classes at a conservative uh, seminary in the Minneapolis area. We won't mention who's involved. And I got a call from the vice president that he wanted to meet with me, which I thought was on the odd side, but I did appreciate the special care. So we got together for a cup of coffee, and this is like five, six years ago. And I said, so uh, it's nice of us to be able to get together. And he goes, well, this college felt it was important enough because you're a fairly well-known person in the Christian community that we didn't have any misunderstanding. But we wanted to tell you in person that we would like to decline you attending our school for, for reasons within the school. And I was like, wow, I... I'm a hardcore Christian, and he goes, there's no doubt about that. But he said, you are too dangerous <laughs> for us to have on campus. And I said, well, I'm not speaking. I'm not teaching. I, I said, I, I will agree to shut up. You know, I mean, I could duct tape myself. He said, your presence would be very disruptive to the faculty and to the student population. I said, really? I mean, I can't imagine what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, 
you're you're very outspoken about your beliefs, and we don't share. We don't see eye to eye on a handful of things, mainly our church tradition. And we're afraid that if you were involved in a class setting, you could point out the potential holds or errors in our traditions, and we can't risk that. And so I said, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. I mean, the important thing is that Jesus was born of a virgin, and he lived a sinless life, and he died on the cross for our sins, and he was raised from the dead on the third day. To me, those are the essentials. Right. And we totally agree on those. He goes, amen. But after that... (laughs) After that, we we might wow. disagree about you know how the Holy Spirit works and yeah. does whatever. And I said, you know, those are those are minor. He said I was too dangerous, and I thought about wow, I was too dangerous growing up in school because I chewed gum, I ran the halls, I threw paper airplanes, and now I was too dangerous to attend Christian college. It was very ironic that that was the case. Well, you know what's really interesting, Chris, is that Jesus, in in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, he was poking holes in traditions. The traditions that the church had developed since his death and resurrection, which is only, you know, at the end of the century, 60 years or so. So he was poking holes. One of the reasons I have you on the podcast from time to time, I like when you poke holes because it's iron sharpens iron. It makes us think. We need that today. And we want to say up front here, we're not saying that Christianity is dangerous in terms of volatility. You know, we're not dangerous people physically, but we are with ideas. We're dangerous because what we're saying is that the world's ideas are flawed. They really don't have any substance. And we're dangerous because the ideas that Jesus taught us to teach are dangerous because it it kind of confronts the idioticies of where the world's at. Well, you know, it's a perfect example. You know, I was born in Switzerland, uh, a couple hours from Dachau concentration camp, and the serious hardcore Christians were a major threat to German society because they made you swear allegiance to Hitler, that he is a divine ruler sent to you by God. Of course, he didn't manifest any of the attributes of a divine ruler per se. He was a, a, a chronic murderer liar, etc. And uh, But Bonhoeffer, Martin Niemöller, and thousands of others paid with their life because they refused to kowtow to these murderous, demon-possessed rulers. Same situation with Stalin, Mao. Look at the, all the Roman rulers said they were divine. So when Jesus said he's the son of God, they said, hey, we are already, you know, our boss is the son of God. Right. The right. Caesars, uh, mm-hmm. Julius Caesar, uh, mm-hmm. Caesar Augustus. They're sons of God. Oh, really? Well, they have to kill people, and Jesus raises them from the dead. That's the radical difference. Right now, we're in cancel culture. Mm -hmm. I think the next thing to be canceled is Christianity. If you have conservative, radical Christianity, you believe the Bible to be literally true, you're going to be canceled, and you're going to be jailed. You know, Chris, I'm a firm believer that the church is the last bastion, right? I mean, if we give in and we get overrun by secularism, we get our message silenced, we're in trouble, humanity-wise, because we can't tell the good news of Jesus. 
So this is why I think it's so important for churches and church leaders to understand we have to take a moral stand about where the culture is going. We have to say that's not right because that's destructive. In the same way that if somebody was on a bridge and they were going to jump and commit suicide, would we stand by and say, oh, well, this should be interesting? Or do we literally try to stop that person from committing suicide? you got to try to stop them you no gotta matter what. you got to try. But here's the big difference between up until recent. There's these things called elections. Before, they were either monarchs or dictators, mm-hmm. military dictators, okay? There are no elections for either one. Right. We now live in a world of elections, right? The problem is Christian America is electing mm-hmm. reprobate, pro-death, anti-Christian, anti-Jewish values, and that's why we are so dangerous. And the only way that they do it, they do it in China, they're going to lock you up. The Nazis did it, the Chinese did it, the Russians did it, and we're there, Larry. I think we've lost the culture war, and until there is a pretty big, tall pile of Christian bodies, the body of Christ is not going to wake up. Well, the question that must be asked, Chris, is what are we expecting from our teaching in the church? What do we expect from it? And a lot of times we're just expecting people to be, you know, have a knowledge or whatever. You know, we grow a church in size and influence. That's what we want. And so we preach that way. We want to grow a church to teach doctrine. So we preach about those things. But few grow a church in their preaching so that the gospel really is dangerous because it is the only way, the gospel that is, to change a world. And we're not preaching that in most instances to change a world. So when we go to church, what are we expecting out of the preaching if it is isn't to say to the congregation, your job is to be dangerous with the gospel, which means preach it, teach it, infiltrate it. I was listening to conservative radio the other day, Chris. They were talking about these drag queens going into schools and reading stories to these five, six-year-olds. And I'm going, where are we reading stories of faith to the five or six-year-olds? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we were using American tax dollars to do it on top of it. Well, we're not dangerous. They're dangerous because they're infiltrating at a very young age. Where are we is the question. There's so few people in America today that are pushing the radical message. Look at we're soft, we're weak, we're comfortable, we're more worried about selling books and, and appeasing people and being friends with the mayors and the governors or whatever. Let's face it, we're in a culture war and we are months away, weeks away from the knocks on our door, the dangerous people in Nazi Germany, in Russia, and China, there's knocks on your door in the middle of the night and you're rounded up and taken away. I've told my family many times, look it, if I get taken, there's only one reason that I want to be taken, need, and that's because I'm so dangerous to the culture or to the government that they're gonna take me for my faith in Christ. And I would gladly do that because I will have lived a radical life pleasing to God. Somehow things must change in the way we do Christianity. And I'm not sure I have the answer nor the time to unpack it in one podcast. But in your opinion, if we were going to change the way we do Christianity, where does it start? (laughs) 
it starts in the heart uh, of believers. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't think I'm so uninspired. You know, Larry, I'm, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon and I, I will sample Christian programs from Saturday night through Sunday night, third and more Catholic and the rest are some kind of Protestant thing. And they're all over the board. I don't, I would say that a minority have Christ at the center of their teachings. The rest of them are on some level of heavy tradition or, or heavy entertainment. I don't see anything like that in the scripture. Uh, Paul did not come to entertain anybody. And he was probably most of the time, you know, bandaging up his, you know, all the blood in his teeth and whatever, because he was so dangerous the government and the locals tried to kill him all the time. It's been a long time, and it's you know it had been about the time of the Revolutionary War or whatever. I know that there was a lot of traveling preachers during the Civil War, and they were preaching that God was judging America. Larry, I don't think a pastor could keep his job if he went around saying that God's judging America, and Joe Biden is the greatest example of that because he is legislating all of the anti-biblical sodomy values at this point in time, and he's not going to change. And that's really controversial. But what you just said could not be said in most churches today. Oh, for sure not. You'd be fired. Well, well, you'd be fired and and soon probably, you know, people would leave the church, so you'd lose your job for sure. Yet, this is what I'm saying that Christianity has to have some testosterone if you want to put it in that vein so that we can really tell the truth. Now, I don't mind if people call us or write us and say I disagree with you. All the better. Because let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation about what is important to God and the message that has to get out. Because if we're not, we're not making the message known in most quadrants of the United States. There's no revivals. Nobody's getting all excited about the gospel. Yes, there are churches that are growing. Yes, people go to church. But are we changing the culture? I'll tell you where the culture is being changed by Christianity, Iran. Iran has radically changed. There's estimates of a minimum of 3 million and as many as 6 or 7 million Iranians have come to Christ. Remember, it's illegal, but they have satellite antennas on top of their homes all over. They're radically saved. They've decided to fight back. There are people being killed every day in Iran for speech rights, human rights, etc. Remember, this is a dictator, a religious dictatorship, a theocracy. And of course, it's very anti what you would consider biblical values. Women are property. And it, but the gospel has so infiltrated Iran, they are having a radical religious revolution. No, you wonder what they're preaching. They don't preach what I think we do over here <laughs> because they're getting results. The Holy Spirit is working and people are coming to Christ. You know what? It I've heard I've read of so many stories. You know, I had the privilege of meeting Richard Wormbrand. And Richard Wormbrand, I remember I was the usher at the time. He took his shirt off, and he, if you don't know about him, please Google Richard Wormbrand, uh, Voice of the Martyrs. He had like 50 scars, gouges, scars, huge scars, where he was beaten and tortured by the Romanian Nazis, the Russians, etc., for the gospel. And they he developed a Morse code that they would use on the pipe 
tapes to be able to communicate. And he would do sermons based upon their communication through the pipe system of this underground prison. He was an unbelievable individual. Until the church gets persecuted, we will not accomplish anything. And it's not persecuted in America, but we're at the cusp of that. It's called cancel culture. Well, Chris, I appreciate your coming in. We'll have to revisit this at another time and continue to pray for our pastors in our churches. We need to have a different kind of Christianity that's presented to the culture in order to push back what we're seeing today. Again, thanks for joining us today for this conversation. In conclusion, we want to restate that Christianity is only dangerous in its ideas as it opposes the culture of deception and lies. Christianity presents the truth about how we are lost without God and how sin has separated us from Him. These ideas expose the darkness around us today, and that makes these ideas a target in our world. Will persecution come to the church in these last days for the ideas of truth the church shares? It seems it always has been persecuted in history for sharing the same truth. What our objective for today was to remind you that what you believe, practice, and communicate about Christ is an offense to our culture. Yet, because God wants none to perish, it is our job to be faithful in bringing this message to everyone so that whosoever believes in Christ will be saved. Is Christianity dangerous? It should be to the kingdom of darkness. Satan hates the truth, but our job is to tell the truth. Thanks again for joining us. For more information about this podcast or the ministry behind it, go to citysitesurbanmedia.com. Thank you for joining us today. Every Friday we bring you this podcast with interviews with people who are challenging the status quo of Christianity and challenging the cultural norms of our day. Please help us get the word out by sharing the link to this podcast with your online friends and family. Our website also contains other podcasters who are part of the City Sites network of communicators all sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our website is citysitesurbanmedia.com. <laughs>